The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, where every week our goal is to help you in your quest to be the best in sales, business, and life. And we're going to continue to bring you top-notch information, top-shelf guests to assist you in being all that you can possibly be. Our title today, the topic of our show is... How to make questions work for you in sales and business. And as you know, many of the topics that we discuss on the show can also assist you in all aspects of your life, even in personal relationships. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And I have an amazing guest, Deborah Calvert. And basically, we've identified that effective questioning really is the backbone and the lifeblood to developing long-term and meaningful relationships with customers. And sales professionals, we have to do a better job of probing to uncover the needs of customers, to build a greater intimacy, and to also use it as just a more powerful selling tool. We've identified that contrary to popular belief, the best Sales professionals aren't the ones who can talk long and talk often. They're, truly, they're the ones who are uh, adept and skillful at asking deep, probing questions. Let me give you a little bit of information about our guest today. Deb Calvert is the president of People First Productivity Solutions. She's the author of Discover Questions, the Discover Questions book series, and she founded People First Product. Activity Solutions in 2006 to help businesses build organizational strength by putting people first. And the basic focus is to improve her clients' productivity through people development. This work includes sales training, coaching, consulting, leadership program design and facilitation, strategic planning with senior manage, managers, team effectiveness work, and executive coaching. You sound, we sound a lot alike, Deb. And we Deb, do. Yeah, I know. Deb has worked in and trained for and been featured as a keynote speaker in a wide variety of industries. And she has particular expertise in the produce, agriculture, and media industries. I mean, the list goes on. She's worked as a sales productivity specialist and sales researcher since 2000. Her work led her to the development of Discover Questions, which we're going to be talking about today, and the five-book series that was launched in 2013 with Book One for Professional Sellers. She's worked 
in the sales arena for over 25 years as a consultant, a corporate director in sales and human resources for a Fortune 500 company, and as an operations director, training manager, and sales manager. Deb's early career included a variety of inside, outside, and major account sales positions. And over the past 10 years, Deb has worked with over 300 media companies to accelerate sales performance. Deb hosts the Connect online radio show for selling professionals where listeners ignite their selling power in just an hour. And Deb, I want to thank you for being on the show, and I want to also welcome you to the show. Hi, thank you. Thank you to your listeners as well. I'm I'm really excited about doing anything at all where the title is, forget patience, let's sell something. That's just, that's what a compelling promise. And you know, and, and, my my audience knows this, but when I talk about forget patience, what I remind them of periodically is not that I'm saying be impatient with the sales process or be impatient with customers. What I am saying is let's be proactive. Let's not wait for things to happen. Let's make things happen. I agree. And I, I like I like the the verb that you use as an acronym, discover. That's an action verb. That means that you you're doing something actively you're actively pursuing something so but you know i i've heard that they have this title for you and i'm just curious deb why do they call you the queen of questions um it's a title that goes way back because i I, i've always been geared towards asking questions and i can remember my my parents telling me it's not polite to ask so many questions and I can remember when I was in high school and I was a debater, and that's when the, the title first got used. It, it, it's in its second iteration now. But during the cross-examination in debates, I uh, earned a reputation for being the one that people were intimidated and afraid of because I'd ask these, these questions that were so hard-hitting. And then I went and got a journalism degree, which, of course, is all about asking questions. But the second time the title, The Queen of Questions, came back up, it stuck a lot longer. And that was when I was doing this 20 years worth of research, field research with salespeople, out on sales calls, scripting what it was that salespeople were asking their customers, their their buyers, and how buyers were responding, because I would interview buyers afterwards. And as I began to bucket those questions and came up with the acronym, the eight purposes that make the acronym of DISCOVER, of course I got all the more probative about well, what is it about this kind of question, and, and why did you ask that question? And uh, it, it wasn't always a favorable title when people would say things like, well, here she comes again, the queen of questions, look out. <laughs> well, you know, that's interesting because I, I was having a conversation with a longtime friend yesterday, and we've had a career together. We work for the same company. He made the same comment about me. He said, you've taken the time to take questioning to an uh, uh, an art form and and really anyone that's going to develop uh, good knowledge about a client or someone that they're interested in you have to be good at asking questions you do I agree so let's let's talk a little bit further about this you know a lot of our listeners are probably thinking what well, why do I need to pay attention to the questions I ask questions are easy and they just come naturally so my question to you, Deb, is why have you focused all this time and energy on questions? Yeah. Um, let me also address that, that perception that you described because I've heard that before, and I think it's a, a very fair um, question to have. It, it is natural to ask questions. If you think about 
a little three-year-old who's always saying, why, why, why? And um, questions when we're in front of our buyers, when we're with people that we know, we ask them because they come naturally to this, but we don't always think about them before we ask them because they come naturally. So that's the pro and the con. And they come naturally. Let's just kind of break that part down. They come as naturally, in fact, as breathing. Nobody has to tell you to breathe. Nobody has to teach you how to breathe. Nobody has to help you focus on the way that you breathe. But if you think about activities where breathing and the way that you breathe is really important, things like uh, if you are someone who does yoga or if you are a swimmer or a runner or you're looking to um, relax, you modify the way that you breathe. Uh, if you've ever had a baby, and I don't mean you, Ty, but uh, you're listening. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> If you've ever had a baby, right, one of the things you learn as you prepare for childbirth is a way to breathe. And when you modify your breathing, you just adapt that thing that you do naturally, you have a much better outcome because of the way that you've breathed and how that helps you. And that's also true of questions. If you modify and adapt and pay attention to the way you're asking questions, you can get much, much better outcomes as you discover the needs of your customers. So I paid all this attention. I put all this focus now on helping people to understand that because it has such tremendous impact. And I've seen the results that happen when people ask questions naturally versus pausing to think about and be more purposeful in the way that they ask questions. You know, it's funny because I have a a poem that I've used when it comes to questions. And it's pretty simple, and it goes, in order to sell John Smith what John Smith buys, we must first see John Smith through John Smith's eyes. And the only way to truly see them through their eyes is to understand them from their own perspective. And the only way to do that is to ask questions. Now, your research and your book are all about how people who sell can connect with people who buy in a way that's faster and stronger than not using questions. Give us some examples of how all this fits together. Okay, so the full title of the book is Discover Questions, Get You Connected. So it's not questions for the sake of questions, it's questions for the sake of getting connected. And just like you said about John Smith, I love that poem, um, it, it's... Um, being able to empathize with someone, being able to understand them, and when you do that, you're building trust with them. All of that is a way to be able to create trust. And it also helps people to move through their buying process to come along with you in your selling process. Actually, you're, you're going along with them and matching your sales process to their buying process through questions. It's as if you're steering the course of, of this place that you're going together. So, you know, I'll give you an ex- a couple of examples. Um, one of them is this. I, I had a hairstylist that I used for years and years. She was wonderful. She was a very nice person. We enjoyed talking with each other. But I was feeling like I couldn't get anything different, and I'd gone years and years with exactly the same style, and I didn't know exactly what I wanted, but it was something different. So I went for a free consultation to another stylist who I had not met, did not know, And I was not in her chair for more than about three or four minutes before she asked me this question, two questions in a row. She said, so tell me what you want to convey, what you want to portray to the world. And I talked to her about, well, you know, I'm a speaker, and I'm on stage, and a trainer, and, you know, I'm also 
getting up there in age and I want to continue to look professional but also feel good about the way I look. And at this age, that's important to me. And she said, okay, then, um, what are the things that are important to you about the way you style your hair? And I said, oh, I need something that takes five minutes or less. I'm a really busy person, too, and I need to be able to, to get up and go. And she said, huh, okay, so how's that been working for you when it comes to portraying that professional image? How's that five-minute hairstyle working out? And what she did in that little moment is she made me think, but she also showed me that she was truly trying to connect with me and understand me. She was uh, putting herself in my shoes and and trying to extract that information at the very same time that she was making me think and, and do the work. And that's what, you know, that challenger research is all about. It says you've got to have the insights and be able to push back a little bit on your buyer. It's what our modern buyers are expecting from us because we've got to collaborate with them and and co-create solutions. And we're no good as sellers if we're not making our buyers think. Well, okay, so you know the the end of the story where it goes. Uh, I now have a new hairstylist. I've stuck with her. (laughs) And I buy a lot of product and I spend a lot of time sitting in in her chair and more than five minutes in the morning working on my hair when I want it to look good. So, um, But I'm a believer. She changed the way I did things. And, you know, that goes along with something that I, I've always taught. Yeah, I say never tell someone what you can actually ask them. Mm-hmm. Never tell them what you can ask them because if you say it, they're thinking, oh, you're supposed to say that. You're trying to sell me something. But if you get them to say it, it's real, it's true. And it's also valid. And the other thing I noticed, Deb, about when the hairstylist was talking to you, she asked you really a bunch of open-ended questions. You know, her her questions were maybe four or five words long, but your answers were, you know, 30, 40, 50 words long. So you, you gave her a whole lot more detail based on the how she asked the questions. Yes, quality of questions matters a lot. The construction of questions is is very important. You're on to something really big there. Okay, very good. Well, we're going to continue to talk about this because this is, I I think, it's one of the most critical aspects of the sale, and it happens early on. I mean, you're in her chair not longer than a, a minute or so before she got to the meat to the essence of what's important to you uh, personally and professionally. So it's time for us to take a short break. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and my guest today is Deb Calvert, and we're talking about how to make questions work for you in sales and business. We're going to take this break, and we'll talk to you on the other side. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Wealth Solutions for the 99% is a weekly talk show focused on helping you develop and execute a game plan to build wealth. Your host, Paula Joy, who built a $50 million-plus company in less than five years, believes it's impossible to be poor in America, and he'll show you why with his innovative strategies. The show is upbeat, fun, and informative. Tune in every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. Are you looking for innovative ideas on how to achieve your financial dreams? Tune in to Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday afternoon at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Join certified financial planners Ken Smith and Ethan Broga to learn how you can obtain financial success. You'll be entertained while you discover techniques to alleviate your financial concerns. Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, hey, welcome back. You're listening to For a Get Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and my guest today is Deb Calvert, and we're talking about how to make questions work for you in sales and in business, how to connect with your clients in a, in a much more deeper form. And, you know, it's interesting about questioning, Deb, if a lot of people don't know what to say when they go to a meeting with a, a prospect or even a client, they have a tendency to just show up and what I call throw up. And and truly the best way, I think it was, uh, okay, uh, what was the guy, How to Win Friends and Influence People? Who wrote that one? Um, Carnegie. Yes, Dale Carnegie, right? Uh, he said the best way to be considered a great conversationalist is to let people talk about themselves. And one of the best ways to let people talk about themselves is just to ask questions. Now, our listeners are are looking for techniques that make sales, but it takes time to ask those questions. And I know some sellers ask questions as a way to stay in their comfort zone instead of closing. So how do you use questions to get to the close instead of delaying it? Okay, well... Um, two sides to that. Some people avoid questions because they're afraid the questions will take too much time and they want to zoom ahead to the close. That's not a good strategy because, well, you're going to get a no a lot more often than you need to. And the opposite is also true. Some sellers, especially if they call themselves consultative sellers, they might misunderstand and stay in that consulting mode, that easier place where you're asking lots and lots of questions instead of appropriately and effectively advancing to, to the close. So you want to have the right level of urgency without having too few questions or too many unnecessary questions. Um, so you want to be comfortable in a different way, not just comfortable because the conversation and the questions are, are fun to ask and casual and, and it's easy to have a conversation, 
but comfortable because you're doing something for your buyer. You're asking questions with the intent to understand your buyer and to truly be able to create with them a solution that's going to work for them. So one of the best ways to ask the appropriate number of questions and get to that close at the appropriate time, rather than delaying it by asking questions, is to really be attuned to where your buyer is and to ask questions with purpose, eight different purposes that come out of Discover that keep advancing the sale to the close. Forget about doing fishing expeditions. Right. Sometimes that's what questions feel like if they don't have purpose. They, they can feel aimless, like you're just trying to go wherever uh, there might be something that you can pounce on and, and then jump to a close, and that feels really erratic. So instead, you want to stay purposeful, always about discovering the need of the customer, always building on that to continually advance to the close, being in that driver's seat with your buyer right there beside you in, in the passenger seat, along for the ride that you both have that same destination in mind of getting to that solution and helping the buyer out. Okay, so basically what I'm hearing is uh, your research shows that it's about the quality of the questions and the sequence of the questions and the eight purpose of the questions, which I, I can't wait to, to hear more about, and I know my audience is also. It seems a little complicated, but is, 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 it, is it simpler than it sounds? It, it sure is because it's what comes naturally. Where it gets messed up, sometimes in sales training or in trying to emulate some other salesperson or some stereotype of a salesperson, we let it get messed up. Instead of letting our intent to help the buyer and our natural curiosity and the way a conversation should flow just naturally, that, that needs to be our guide. And then it's easy because when you've got those things as, as your um, – main ideals of, of where you're going, then you're going to ask better questions because you have a purpose to them. You're going to sequence your questions in a way that makes sense instead of reading off someone's list of, of canned questions where it makes no sense to the buyer because they just said something that should naturally steer you one direction, but you go back to this piece of paper that takes you in a totally different direction. That's confusing. And, and, and so you're using these questions that are purposeful, and they're not just conversation fillers. They're not some artificial construct that has nothing to do with conversation. So it is. It's a lot easier. And I want to assure you, Ty, and, and your listeners, that what we're talking about and, and what I observed for those 20 years and, and did this research around is, frankly, what is the most natural way to do this? Okay. You know, you've said a couple of things. You talked about how... Uh, asking questions inappropriately can confuse the sales process. Uh, you also identify it can really kind of just mess things up. So, so what you're saying then is that questions can work against you or make, or you can make them work for you. Give us the top three things we know or we need to know or do to make questions work for us so we can sell something quicker. Okay. Uh, number one, it's like you were just hinting at there. Number one, those questions are going to work against you if you have the wrong purpose or intent in mind. And it's easy to do that because, well, you're in the, the seat where as the seller, if you're using questions to try to ensnare or trap or, or back your buyer up into a corner, those manipulative kinds of questions, that's going to just turn around and bite you. So don't do that. Don't, don't think of it as a hostile situation Questions have that baggage that they carry already because if you watch TV or the movies, 
when questions are being asked, it's because someone is, uh, it's the attorney asking the hostile witness on the stand some kind of question that's meant to entrap them. Or questions are, are being asked in, in some fashion where you're looking for the, the gotcha moment. Not the right way to view questions at all. So the number one most important thing is to have your, your real purpose of helping your client by discovering their needs and solving their, their problems with them. That's the first thing. Uh, if you don't do it that way, yes, questions can backfire. The second thing is, is a, a little bit of a secret, um, and that is when used artfully, questions, good questions, can create value out of thin air. And this is so important because buyers are really demanding these days. Um, they're more empowered than they've ever been before, and they don't feel like they need sellers. So mm-hmm. as sellers, <laughs> we have to be right. careful here. We, we have to bring something new and different to the table. And if we ask a good question that makes somebody think, that causes them to, to pause and reflect and to have a realization that they just haven't had time to get to before, Wow, the value that you create when you do that is, is unparalleled. There's nothing else that, that can, for free, right? There's no cost associated with it that can create such high value. In fact, it's so high value that the buyer reaction oftentimes is something like this. Wow, Ty asks great questions. I gotta say, he's the one seller I actually want to talk to. I look forward to his calls. And that's the differentiator. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, as you were talking, and you were talking about how some sales professionals or business owners use questions to try to snare the customer or back them into a corner, I thought about a lot of the techniques that were taught back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, one one technique was you say, you you do want to improve profits, don't you? <laughs> I mean, and, and then you, you would literally put the emphasis on don't you? I mean... And, or either one, are you interested in improving, improving profits? Who's going to say no to that? <laughs> uh, you, you know, and then the other one was called the porcupine uh, technique where if I asked you a question, I said, well, what's the cost? Well, what do you want to pay? You know, those are the type of questions that will just aggravate an intelligent person. You know, so I'm looking forward to, to hearing uh, more about your discover questions. What are the eight purposes for actually asking questions other than to irritate the buyer? Yes, the purpose. And, and these are eight and only eight purposes. And this and, isn't just in sales. Let me, say, let me say this, Deb. We have a few minutes before the break, so go ahead and get started. And then we'll, we'll complete it when we come back. But oh, take good. your time. It, it'll be good to break it up since eight's a big number anyway. But, um, okay. but only eight and, and not nine. Uh, kinds of questions, and, and not some mysterious kind of question that you use outside of sales. This is everywhere. Only eight purposes that people anywhere are using in the back of their mind when they ask questions. And I'm, I'm convinced of that after 20 years of, of looking at that. So what I think then we'll do, Ty, is, is I can take you through the, the eight letters. They go in that order. You don't have to ask the questions in this order. It just makes a nice, easy-to-remember word. And at the break, we'll, you know, we might get to as many as half of them, and then we'll come back. But um, I'll just start at the top. So the D in Discover stands for data. One of the reasons that we ask people questions is because we want information. We want factual, objective provable information, that's data, and so we ask questions with that purpose in mind. 
data questions, those are easy ones. Lots of sellers ask these. It's things like, you know, how many locations do you have? Uh, how many employees do you have? What year did you get started in business? Those are all absolute, factual, objective kinds of, of pieces of information. Excellent. Okay. Um, the I is what we call an issue question. And it's any question that you use because your purpose is to probe and understand some barrier or some issue that a customer has with you. And so it's the only question out of the eight that's actually about the seller or the seller's company. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's issue good. questions are things like, um, uh, okay, so I understand you, you had that uh, difficulty with customer service. Tell me all about it. You invite the information so that the customer doesn't have it as something that that sticks with them when later on you're trying to propose a solution. That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. We have time for maybe one more. Give us, give us one more. Okay, now the S, we um, have a really important one here because it is one of the favorites when it comes to buyer's reactions. The S question is also very timely right now because as you're hearing about challenger selling and some of the other methods uh, that tell you, you you really need to have some insights that you bring and some collaboration that you do with your buyer. A solution question is where you begin to probe and get the buyer's thoughts about potential solutions. Early up in your needs assessment, you might be saying to your buyer something like, well, you know, what are some of the solutions that you've tried before? Uh, what are your competitors finding to be effective? You're, you're getting them to brainstorm. And toward the end, when you now have a solution in mind, you're, you're getting an early reaction. Like, well, what would you think about it if we did things this way? And, and you're gauging their reaction, getting some seeds planted for later on when you might do a full-on proposal to bring that solution into the forefront a little bit more. Okay, wow, that's good. That's, this, this is good, and I want to talk about this when we come back. It's time for us to take... Another short break, Deb, I tell my, my audience this is the fastest hour of the week, and uh, it truly is going by fast. So we're going to take another break. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard. My guest today is Deb Calvert, and we're talking about how to make questions work for you in sales and business to improve your sales success and profitability. Stay tuned, and we'll talk to you on the other side of the break. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Game-changing technologies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up the status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take a coffee break with Game Changers on Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time for our special series on today's top big data innovators. Learn about emerging big trends and technologies and how you can grow your business and profit. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Our workplace is dynamically changing. How do you stay ahead of the curve with respect to learning and training? Tune in every week to The Future of Workforce Learning and Development with host Pamela Robinson. You'll learn about real-world strategies, solutions, and resources that will showcase these changes and keep you ready for what's next. The Future of Workforce Learning and Development is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and my guest today is Deb Calvert. And we're talking about how to make questions work for you in sales, business, and in life. And we were just talking about some research that Deb did uh, with over, I think you said, 10,000 sales calls, and you identified basically... Uh, eight purposes for asking questions, and you came up with an acronym, DISCOVER, and I think we've covered the, the D, which is data, the I, which is issues that the customer may have, and the S, solutions. So, Deb, continue on with this for us. Okay, yeah, we've got five more to cover, and uh, that pun was intended, DISCOVER. So <laughs> There you go. <laughs> We're on the uh, C and the O, and they go together. So I'll just go ahead and, and package them together, and that way I can give you an example that, that shows how you sometimes will find a good cause to use those two together. The C is consequence question. The O is outcome question. And they're like salt and pepper shakers, right? They travel together. So a consequence question is anything that you ask that is going to reveal a potential problem, a risk, a consequence. It's, it's like the question that my hairdresser asked me that I mentioned earlier where she said, you know, how's that working out for you? And I had to admit that there was a little bit of a, a problem there for me. And the, oh, the outcome question, it's the opposite. It's the hopes, dreams, plans, goals, visions of the future. So we have sort of the positive and the negative. And I often hear sellers using this really effectively because they might put the questions in the opposite order. They might say something like, so, you know, Ty, what do you hope to accomplish long-term with your radio program? That's an outcome question, looking toward the future at the hope. Mm-hmm. And then they come right behind your answer, and, and they say something like, okay, well, now help me understand what happens if that doesn't quite work out. And they bring up some of the, the negative sides, right, the pain points, not to be cruel to you, but because it gives a fuller picture and might make you think, too, about the fuller uh, picture and, and, and what are those pros, cons that, that are important for you to know? And, you know, along with that, one of the things I've noticed about about consequence questions is our human nature 
is we will respond quicker. We will act quicker to avoid loss or pain than we will the possibility of gain. It's true. I, I could ask you, what, would you, what great things would you do if this turned out well? And you would, you would tell me, then I say, okay, well, what would be the impact if it doesn't? You will, most people will respond quicker to avoid loss or pain than they will for the positive outcome. And that pain is a wake-up call. That's why we have so many cardiologists who are very, very busy in this country after the first little health issues have popped up that could have been prevented with, as we all know, the right diet, exercise, and and prevention. But sometimes it takes that wake-up call first to to motivate us into action. You're you're right. I I tell a story when I talk about questioning and and the consequence question. I said, I I could... be your doctor, Deb, and say, Deb, you know, we did the stress test, we did the blood test, and I'm, I have a couple of recommendations. I recommend that you get to bed by 10 and get eight hours of good rest, that you start eating two balanced meals per day, and that you, you do a cardio workout three times a week for at least 20 minutes. And Deb, if you do that, you're just going to have a better quality of life. You're going to feel better about yourself, and, and just your outlook on things would be so much better, and you may not do a thing. But if I say, Deb, we did the stress test, the blood test, and I have a couple of recommendations. Uh, I want you to be in bed by 10. I want you to uh, eat two balanced meals per day, and I also want you to work cardio 20 minutes uh, three times per week because if you don't do that, you will be dead in three weeks. You know the next day you'll be out puffing and huffing, walking and, and checking your pulse because you don't want you want to avoid the fear of loss of uh, of pain. You want to avoid pain. So these are great. Uh, what's what's the next one? My favorite, and that's the V standing for value. And I think this is great, not just in needs assessment, but this one has real implications, real uh, strong purpose when you come to negotiating, or if you hear an objection, you need to be able to invalidate that objection. Value questions have so many different ways that, that they really get your customer's attention. The value question is asked so that you can understand and help your customer remember their own hierarchy, their priority of things that are important to them. And it also gives you a sense of, of some of the urgency. You know, the thing is, if as a seller you jump on the very first need that you hear and you try to solve for it, you can still lose because some other seller coming behind you might do a better job of getting to the priority need. Yours was a secondary or a peripheral need, and you need to know. It's, it's the right thing to do, to know the most urgent, pressing, important need for your buyer. Now, if you do a needs assessment and you hear multiple needs that are being expressed, a value question can be as simple as, you know, you've told me these three needs and, and give them back to the buyer. Out of those three, which one is the most important and why? Mm-hmm. So that's value, just being able to understand what that's all about in the buyer's mind. Excellent, excellent. And it's, it's interesting, the beauty of, of sales. There's really almost uh, everyone has different terms, but the outcomes can be the same. So which, what I, I can relate to everything you're saying. I have my own terminology, but it lines up with everything that you're identifying here. And as you just said, the value is going to be important when it comes to negotiating because at that point in time, they, their goal is to make you feel, the buyer's goal is to make you, you feel like your 
product or service is a commodity. They can get it any place uh, and probably for less. But if you can take them back to the value they identified that's critical as to why they need this product or service, that can help you substantiate and maintain uh, the, the investment that you're asking for your product or service. You bet. Okay, very good. Next, you have the E. Yes, so the E is an example question. And no matter what you sell, if you sell something that's intangible, maybe you sell ideas or something that's hard for people to understand, the the more intangible what you sell is, the more important the E question is going to be for you. And here's why. If you think about when you go to buy a car and you're on a car lot, the salesperson, one of the things they're trying to do right away is to put you behind the wheel of that car. They want you to go on a test drive because you can then be experiencing and living and imagining yourself behind that wheel of the car all the time. So an example question, maybe you don't have a a car to have someone test drive because that's not what you're selling, but with an example question, you need to access as much that is familiar and get your buyer to tell you examples and situations and contrasts and comparisons so that what you're doing is helping them to visualize and feel and understand what it's going to be like when they have your solution, your product or your service, versus when they don't. So you're trying to give them the experience of being behind that metaphorical wheel of the car, no matter what it is that you sell. You know, and it sounds like the example question, Deb, it can appeal to the emotional side of an individual because we we both know that when logically they may say they can't afford something, but if emotionally they connect with it and want it, uh, if emotion and logic come into conflict, nine times out of ten, emotion is going to win out over logic. Is, is that an accurate assessment? Well, it is. Now, um, it depends on the personality style of, of your buyer. Some people are very emotionally driven. Some are logic driven. That's one reason why you want to mix up the eight purposes of questions so that you're appealing. Why not? To, to round it out, to make sure you've got the logical side covered and the emotional side covered. You bet. Okay. Very yeah. good. Very good. All right. And then we have the last letter, R. Mm-hmm. And this is a rationale question. You're by, your, your listeners probably do some of these questions already. Uh, and what it is is it's anything that helps them understand the buyer's decision that's already been made so that next time you can start a little earlier in the process. Or if the decision is, is pending, you can understand the criteria and help the buyer be reminded of those criteria or to set those criteria on the front end. So these are the questions about who are the decision makers? What are the criteria that you will use to select a vendor? Uh, understanding what it is, the rationale that goes behind their decision. Okay. And you mentioned earlier that these are beautiful questions. I love them. Now, and you say they do not have to be asked in this specific order. Well, what do you recommend? Yeah, no specific order. Remember, we want curiosity and the natural course of conversational flow. That's going to be our guide. So uh, what that might mean is in a conversation, maybe you don't use all eight purposes, but you know that eight purposes are possible. And, and that knowledge, what it generally helps sellers to do is to expand their own repertoire of questions. Because what, what happens before people know about Discover Questions, most of us, we ask three or four types. We all ask data questions. 
a lot of sellers ask those rationale questions. And unfortunately, we do not ask very many example, value, solution, or consequence questions. So that's a lot of very, very valuable information that's being left out. Mm-hmm. Those are also the questions that buyers have the most favorable reactions to. So we're also missing that opportunity to build trust, to create value, and to make them think. And, you know, I've seen a lot of sales professionals, Deb, ask a bunch of data questions back to back to back to back. And it makes the client feel like they're being interrogated. Mm-hmm. It does. <laughs> you know, so this is this is excellent. Uh, we're coming up on the, the final break. And when we come back, I, I want to talk a little bit more about Discover Questions. And then I want them to know how they can get in touch with you, how they can uh, participate in any of your workshops or your products and, and the like. So it's, it's time for us to take our final break. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. My name is Ty Maynard. I'm your host, and my guest today is Deb Calvert. And we're talking about how you can make questions work for you in sales, business, and even life to get the best and to get the most. So stay tuned. We'll talk to you on the other side of the break. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. How is your plan going? Could you use a little help on your path to success? Why not step up and play big? Join host Chris Ruisi for a show that will help you identify the possibilities that await you. Too many people succumb to just being average when they could be exceeding average without too much more effort. It's time for you to become exceptional. Raise the bar to your success. Basically, it's time for you to step up and play big. Join Chris Ruisi every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Does money drive you or does it serve you? When you listen to money in your life, you'll discover the answer to that question. Tune in as hosts Brian Barr and Ann Hutchins bring you thought-provoking discussions designed to help you understand and assess exactly how money operates in your life. Take control of your personal finances. Money in Your Life is broadcast live every Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Make your money work for you. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Time Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at tymaynergroup.com. That's T Y E at T Y E M A N E R group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and my guest today is Deb Calvert. And Deb recently wrote a book on questioning skills, discover questions, get you connected, 
And Deb, I, I, it's been a fast-paced show, excellent information. Uh, I just want to know what the time that we have left. You know, there are all types of of salespeople out there with all types of different products. And I guess my question is, does this process, does it apply to all types of sellers using a variety of sales processes? Yes. Um, so in those 10,000 field calls that we sales, uh, researched, we um, made a point to make sure we were with inside sellers, outside sellers, B2B, B2C, all different types of, of sales training already in place before we came along so that we could just see what fit and what didn't. And this is what we found out. Now, um, as I described this, I, I'd, I'd like your listeners to be visualizing a vertical which has the letters of Discover stacked up. So we've got this tower of letters, D-I-S-C-O-V-E-R, stacked on top of each other because we call that the, the tower of power. <laughs> and all right. we call it that because... Anything that you're already doing well in selling, your sales processes, your methodology, the skills that you already have in place, they sit on top of the tower of power because what we're finding, and and this is so consistent, is that discover questions elevate anything else that you're doing. And it fits with absolutely every sales process and methodology. The reason it fits is because if you have an emphasis, let's say, on a sales process that really focuses on probing pain, well, there's a question for that. The consequence question might be one that you would tend to use a little bit more frequently within a process that emphasized pain. But there are, since these eight purposes of questions are the only eight purposes of questions, there are ways that you adapt that to whatever it is you're trying to do in the platform and the process that you have in place. Wow. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Now, if someone wants more information uh, regarding your your offerings or wants to read your book, how can they find it online? How can they, they connect with you? Well, let's talk about the book. So uh, first, two ways to get the book. It is on Amazon.com. That's the fastest way to get it. And it's Discover Questions, Get You Connected, right there on Amazon. But for your listeners, I'd, I'd also like to make a, a special offer. Uh, if they're not in a hurry to get the book, they can come over to my website, and I'll, I'll give that information in just a moment. But if they want to do that, what I'll tell them how to find is how to get a book at a discounted rate, which I will autograph and personalize and send to them. So if, if they wow. are into that kind of thing, I'm happy to do it. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, my website is peoplefirstps.com. That's part of my company name. Uh, the company name is People First Productivity Solutions. So the website is the words People First. Those are both spelled out. And then PS, just like you have at the end of a, of a letter, but for productivity solutions, peoplefirstps.com. On the website, look on the far right-hand corner of the homepage. It says Store. And when you drop that menu down, go to Book, under book, look for the place that it says listener special, and that's for you. And that's where you can get that offer with an autographed, personalized book. As long as you're at the website, go ahead and browse around. We've got the Connect to Sell blog with all kinds of stuff about questions and other information related to selling. We have many other free resources. We have the Connect to Sell training program, which includes modules related to Discover Questions. 
um, my, my keynote speaking information is there, whatever your, your listeners might like to find. Uh, but most importantly, go to the, the part where you can get that special offer and let me send you a book. Wow. That sounds like an awesome opportunity. And you heard it first on Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. That's great stuff. You know, we have a few more minutes. Uh, Deb, is there anything you would like to say regarding the topic, uh, the Discover Questions, just just to close it out? You know, the one other thing I would say I think is this. Uh, we've talked a lot, and the examples that I've given here tended to focus more on needs assessment but I'm a big believer that, that questions are useful as you're first opening up a relationship with someone, um, as you have been working with them for years and years and years to, to continue building that loyalty and differentiating yourself and creating new value to maximize that relationship with your customer. Questions are, are multi-purpose. They have applications throughout your sales process. And it's kind of fun to use Discover Questions outside of selling, too, because I get a lot of feedback where people say, you know, this has changed my whole relationship with my significant other, or my kids are actually listening to me in a whole new way when I ask them questions like this. And and I love that. That's the icing on the cake. You know, and that's an excellent point, because I'll never forget, I was teaching one of my clients a new approach to probing, and uh, the VP of sales said, Ty, I can tell you now, I will never use this. I just, I just, I will never use this to pursue an opportunity. I said, okay, I'll tell you what, why don't we do this? Why don't you do it in a safe environment? Go to a customer you already think you know and just try this process with them and give me a call back after the meeting. He called me back and he said, Ty Maynard, you are the man. <laughs> He's he met with my client over lunch, and I learned more in the last 45 minutes than I knew about them in the last six years they were my customers. So that's what we want to tell the audience, those of you who are listening. Uh, the information that Deb gave you is sound, is practical, is research-driven. It will work if you will apply it. Like with anything that's new, uh, I, I just have a... a, a I'm taking golf lessons now trying to improve my game. I, uh, the coach is getting coached. And the things that she's making me do now is so uncomfortable. She changed my grip. She changed my stance. She changed my swing. But I have faith and I believe that if I continue to practice it the way she's telling me to do it, within a, f- a few weeks, maybe even a couple of months, my golf game is going to be significantly better. And that's what we're telling you also by using the discover approach that Deb presented today. And then, and you did an awesome job presenting it, Deb. So I just want to thank you for investing the time with my audience uh, to, to give them some skill sets and to hone some things. And we talk about sharpening the axe, and that's exactly what you did. So audience, check out her website. Check out her book. Uh, I think you're just going to get some more awesome information. Uh, those of you who listen to the show on a regular basis and like me, I need coaching. You may realize, you know, in order to take my game to the next level, I need coaching. I need to invest in myself. The only way to get a return on an investment is to first make an investment. So if you're looking for coaching, reach out to me, give me a call. You can contact me via timanagroup.com and go to the contact us 
link and send me a, uh, an email or a note, or you can call me at 813-605-1040, extension 102, if you want to get to me directly. Again, that's 888-605-1040. If you're looking for training for your organization and you like some of the things that you're hearing here and you want to take your organization to the next level, contact me. And we can help you in your quest to be the best because at Time Manor Group, we unlock potential. So, Deb, thanks again for being on the show. Thank you, Ty, so much for, for inviting me. This was a great pleasure. Okay, and rest assured, we, you, we, we will be talking again on this show. We will have you back because the information was rich. So, hey, audience, go out and apply what you've learned. And we're going to continue to bring you top-shelf information and amazing guests like Deb. And we will talk to you again. But in the meantime, in the meantime, forget patience. Let's sell something. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something. <laughs>